Second one is no good. Rebound, Melendez will dribble it back out. And the stop sign is up. Melendez with 10, with 5, with 3, with 1. Big 10 ACC Challenge done. Illinois with a victory, 73-44. They aren't always pretty, but a win's a win. Welcome in Fasters Etc. Post Game Show, News Talk 1493.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Illinois sends Jim Beheim and the Orangemen back to New York with a big fat L. 73-44, the Illini winners in the final Big Ten ACC Challenge. Welcome in. Evan Kahn, Mike LaTulip with you, breaking it down. We want to hear your thoughts on this game. But first, our rapid reaction brought to you by Kozad Asset Management for over 45 years, striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients. My first remark to Mike when you got in here was that this isn't the Syracuse teams of old. They're, they're, they're not quite as talented and, and as long as once before, but Illinois played their game and ended up winning by almost 30. Yeah, they did, and I thought they frustrated them. And again, Saw that real late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, this is another case of this Illinois team just hanging around in these games because of their defense. Uh, you know, they, they're able to stem the tide so often because even when you struggle offensively, if you just keep stringing together stops and limiting them to one shot, you can, you know, you're eventually your offense is going to catch up. I sent a text during the game, and I think at the time it was like a five-point game. I said, if they get hot, it's going to get to 20 so fast. <laughs> because you can see the quality, like, early on in those games, I think anybody that sits there and watches the game, you can't always focus on the score. Like, you have to look at quality of shot. And I just, I loved Illinois' quality of shot. I, I know there were a lot of threes, but they're open threes. And uh, I, I thought, contrastingly, Syracuse was was forced into some tough twos and mid-range and contested around the rim. So um, eventually that, that'll that course correct a little bit, and it did in this game. Yeah, the Illini missed a whole bunch of shots, but they made more than Syracuse. They took care of the ball really well. I think if you take out the last couple minutes, they only had four turnovers, rebounded the ball well. That was something that they didn't really do out, out in Vegas. So you're seeing that. Thought the defense w- was great. And, and Illinois gets the win. Coleman Hawkins, triple-double. Four guys finish in double figures. This Illinois team is deep and athletic, and they're just getting going. We want to hear from you. Give us a call on the Fan line 217-356-9397. I'm screening the calls myself, guys, so bear me with me when I put you on hold. Or text the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You're up next. Fasteners, etc. Postgame show. You know, I don't want to get political all here. The following program is an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS, along with Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS, Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations. Finding Illini Game Day coverage continues on your flagship home for fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. 
Call us with your thoughts. 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, your hosts for the Fasters Etc. Postgame Show, Evan Kahn and Mike LaTulip. Then he has his pocket picked by Hawkins going the other way. Euro step pass to Epps for the layup. Pretty feed by Coleman Hawkins, and Epps has five out of the gate. There was one of Coleman Hawkins' 10 assists, added 10 rebounds and 15 points on there as well. I wanted to pull up the defensive stats. I don't think they recorded it, but he had at least one block, and he had a steal in there as well. Coleman Hawkins doing it all in Illinois' 73-44 win over Syracuse. Although one texter says that you could build an addition onto the State Farm Center with all the bricks that we saw up there tonight. You're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. But Illinois made enough of them to get the win. We go to the fan line, 217-356-9397. And we go down to Tuscola. Randy's with us. Hey, Randy. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Great Illini win. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, I, I just would love to get your take on Jim Beheim and Brad Underwood. Uh, it really felt like Jim Beheim was not a Hall of Fame coach tonight. He did not seem to have his players playing for him. And if he's going to talk bad about the Big Ten and kind of the ACC and the way they play, you know, he's got to come and show up a lot better than what he did tonight. And then finally, if, um, if you got any um, um, influence with Brad Underwood and the PR team, if we're going to get – two chicken McNuggets for two missed free throws. Did we get something for four free throws in a row? Uh, what R.J. Melendez said. A Big Mac meal or something. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, thanks for the call, Randy. Yeah, the the Bayheim thing was interesting because I, I was there live and I, I sent a text to one of my buddies. I said, I think he's the funniest coach I've ever I've ever watched live because <laughs> that was the first Jim Bayheim game I've watched, but he looked so over it. Like, he... like. Joe Girard just swung the ball around, took two dribbles, passed, and they got a, that shot clock violation mm-hmm. in the first half. And Joe Girard looked at Bayheim, and Bayheim just like gave this motion. He's like, "Just drive!" <laughs> like, and then him and Judah Mintz were were getting into it at, at one point, and I could kind of read lips. And Judah Mintz was saying something, and Bayheim was just like, "All right, whatever." Like you could see him, he just goes, "All right, whatever," and then they just <laughs> stopped talking. So I. Yeah, it, it was odd. I know a lot of fans probably were, were waiting on this one after the comments at media day for, oh, yeah. for Syracuse. And uh, look, the Big Ten overall, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I think there was a little bit of a misnomer. Like Jaden Ivey leaves, Kofi leaves, uh, you know, guy Johnny Davis. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of star power. Keegan left. Murray. Yeah, Keegan Murray. The, the, a lot of star power left the league. But go back and look and see how some of these teams reloaded. For one, and two, a lot of guys are still here mm-hmm. on these teams, right? Hunter Dickinson's still here. Zach Eady's still here. And there, there's a, you go, Chris Murray, right? Keegan Murray's <laughs> clone is still here. So it's it's a good league. Well, I know we base everything off of three, four weeks in March. But look, again, this is going to be a league again that, you know, the, the winner is going to have to earn it. 
No doubt. And Fran Fraschillo was on, on pregame, and he said the same thing. I mean, Mar- March is what it is, right? I mean, Matt Painter has never made a Final Four. Is anybody really saying Matt Painter can't coach? No, it, it, it is what it is. So, yeah, I, I think the, the Big Ten it was extremely underrated. But like college sports are right now with the transfer portal world, you, we really don't know what teams are until we see them on the floor for a minute. Yeah, and it's the North Carolina thing again. Yeah. Right, like it, we talked about this two weeks ago <laughs> on these airwaves. I said, I'm like, they're gonna lose pretty soon here because we do this every year where we base everything off of those three, four weeks in March, and we're like, oh, that team that went to the national championship, they return a lot of guys. We're gonna make them preseason number one. Well, that team was an eight seed for a reason, <laughs> right? Like three weeks before that NCAA tournament, they went to Wake Forest and got blasted by thirty. Like. They, they return most people, but they lost Brady Manic, right? And I, I don't know. I, I could go off on a tangent on that, but we, we, <laughs> we tend to do that. And then now you see things really getting corrected with the, with the rankings because, mm-hmm. you know, some, uh, the cream rises and we'll, we'll hopefully see the Illini continuing to, to move their way up. Yeah, there, there's a lot of thoughts on Jim Beheim And just real quick before we, we get back to the, the fan line here, I, I thought the free throws cleaned up late and, and I, I don't know. There's not much you can do about free throws other than practice them and be mentally tough when you get to the line. And I think you saw that late. I think in the first half, guys didn't really have their feet under them. It was really out of control in a lot of spots. And then down the stretch, they were making the throws. So it just kind of is what it is with that. Yeah, I mean, I think, RJ, you get four in a row, you make them all. That's going to help the numbers (laughs) for sure. Uh, It's a rhythm thing, right? You know, I think... I think they shot two free throws in the first half, if I'm not if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, or I guess five free throws, one for five. One for five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a rhythm thing. You can see you go from one for five to whatever that is, 13 for 17 in the second half. You get there more often, you start making a few more. So that, that seemed to be the case tonight. Back to the fan line, 217-356-9397. Finney's calling in. Hey, Finney. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Finney from Springfield driving back. I got Madonia with me. Hey, wanted to uh, give a shout-out to Hawkins. It was great to see him not feel like he had to hoist threes. I think that first game was not a friend of his because he hit threes all night long, and, and then he thought that was what he needed to do. That guy's too valuable driving, you know, making a, a big half to guard him out there, but then taking him to the hole, driving and looking to pass, driving to, to, to shoot. Second of all, Belinda's had a heck of a game, especially second half. He's being more aggressive. That's good to see. That's only going to help us. And I also got to say, you know, Meyer, eight rebounds, I think. That mm-hmm. guy hasn't got a sea legs yet, but, man, he's he's playing some ball. He does the little things that you, you're going to win with. And then Epps, I, I just love Epps. The guy's uh, tenacious. He's tough. Uh, we're going to really love that kid. I would have liked to see Sincere Harris in there a little bit more because I think he's got a lot of toughness, and I would have liked to see the, the press a little bit more. But uh, we got a lot to look forward to. We got to take it on the road now. It's not going to get any easier going out on the road. But we we got the the, the pieces to make some, some to do some damage in the Big Ten. I'll leave you guys to it. Yeah, thanks for the call, Finney. And what what a perfect test going out to Maryland, who, who's about as hot as any team in the Big Ten. Although there's a, a lot of them and. and it, a lot of a lot of good things that you went into there. I'll, I'll start with Harris. It, it sounded like Harris did roll his ankle 
there and, and they aren't exactly sure how that is. Now, I don't think it's catastrophic or anything like that, but I don't think they wanted to push that. And as far as the press, when Syracuse only makes 15 shots, they don't give you a whole lot of opportunities to press them. Yeah, and, and sincere, it's... It, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not too bad of an injury. He was down, and then he chased down to try to block the shot. Yeah, so he's, just he's, like a twisted ankle. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it looked like Edwards kind of landed on him there. But, you, you, you know, Maryland, it's a weird place to play. And that place last year, from what I had heard, was kind of dead. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be that way no. on Friday. <laughs> you know, I, they have some momentum. They're ranked. That, that's going to be a really good environment. It's going to be a great test. And, look, I – Get your bad shooting game out of the way tonight. <laughs> You're going to need it as you hit a couple of these games here in Big Ten play. And then Texas is – you almost look at Maryland as like a trap game because you're focused on Texas. I feel like we're not even really talking about the Texas game, which I think mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. It's great. that It would be a full-blown trap game if we were constantly talking about Texas. So you take care of business with Maryland. You start off 1-0. and This is huge. Like if you can give yourself a 2-0 and cushion in Big Ten play. Did that last year, if yeah, I remember right. Yeah, heading into January, that's – that that that'd be massive. That'd be massive. Like that. I mean, obviously, Purdue's probably going to do it. They got Minnesota, <laughs> and Nebraska, but yeah. Now that it just gives you a nice little leg up because you know that some of these teams in the more you know in these matchups, it's, someone's going to be one and one, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's going to be zero and two. So you don't have to be you. And I liked also what we saw from Meyer here tonight. It didn't reflect it towards the end, but he was leading in the plus minus. I know that doesn't mean anything, but when he's on the floor, good things are happening. And and he's really kind of playing the role that he played at Baylor. I think mm-hmm. we, we thought he might come in and take that next step as far as scoring, but he's rebounding the ball. He, he's guarding one through five really well. He's diving on the floor for loose balls. He, he's being a good teammate, and, and the shots are going to fall. I said it over the summer when I saw he cut his hair. Apparently, Brad's with me on the bring back the mullet. Maybe we'll get some more shots flowing if he grew the mullet back out. But I like what what Meyer's been bringing across the board. Yeah, and I've just been impressed with things ne- haven't necessarily changed for him in terms of he, he he was pressing early on in the season, and it's not like his production went crazy and increased in the point department, right? It's not like he's 14 a game now and you can see he's a little bit more settled. He looks more settled now and he's he's still not scoring a bunch, which I think is the telltale sign of just a mature fifth-year guy where you see big picture, hey, I was a part of a team that won a national championship. I understand I'm not going to have 20 every night. And that's a huge asset for this team because analytically, and when you look at the plus-minus stuff, I know tonight it reflected it. It's reflected that most of the season with Matthew mm-hmm. Meyer. And when he guards the way he guarded tonight in these past couple games and rebounds the way he rebounded tonight in these past couple games, they become that much more difficult to score on in the half court. Um, And then also, I I think regardless of what his three-point numbers are this year, he's being guarded like a really good three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. We've seen them run him in different actions, and it's still drawing a ton of attention for the team. And, and, And really, you... At your own risk, if you want to try to like lay off him and treat him as a non-shooter, because I think he's he's again he's liable to to have five or six threes in a game. Like I I'll I'll go on record here. Like he's he's gonna do that at mm-hmm. some point this year. He's just he's just gonna get hot. So um, his patience, Sky's patience, like patience all around. I thought was kind of the name of the game tonight, and they didn't they weren't rushed, and maybe it's because they knew they could go down there and get stops. But uh, I thought that was that was key. 
Yeah, patience, and, and I, I thought they were much more aggressive in the second half, and we'll get into a little of that coming up. But first, let's name our MX Electrifying Player of the Game. MX Electric wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial needs. Call 217-359-7293 to schedule your project, and remember, relax, call Max. Well, we, we've talked about pretty much everybody but this guy, hmm. but uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the, the player with the fifth triple-double in, in Illinois history is probably going to get our, our player of the game here tonight yeah and <laughs> beyond just coleman i've sung his praises all season and i know there's that he can be polarizing in a way where i think some fans can get upset or oh my god because you expect a lot out of him but you also got to understand what he's being asked to do he's being asked to do a lot mm-hmm. right you're the point of attack in the press you're um you do a lot for this team and then now for that all to to be, you know, culmination of culmination. I did not, did not mean to do <laughs> that. But you put him at the middle of that zone. I'm not sure there's many players in the country that are better suited to be at the middle of the zone because he's a big target, right? He's 6'10". He's got the vision. And and a lot, you could hear in the arena, a lot of people were really wanting him to turn around and shoot that floater <laughs> every single time he got it. But there's a reason why he was getting it. Like, if you're Jim Beheim. You're not gonna you're not gonna lose on Coleman Hawkins floaters all night mm-hmm. from eight feet. What you're gonna lose on is him spraying the ball around, making good decisions, them knocking down threes, him hitting cutters, and that's exactly what happened. So I'm not surprised that he ended up with a triple double. He's capable of it. If you're gonna sit him at the middle of that zone, he's gonna get that type of opportunity, and he went and he seized it. So uh, you know, ten assists, two turnovers. Uh, it, just a really complete, complete game from him. And a lot of times when guys get close to that triple-double, I like almost forgot about it. I knew he was getting close, and then the rebound, it startled me how crazy when people win the gym. Like, oh, shoot, he got it. So like, he didn't change his game because he was getting closer. Some guys, they won't even look at the basket because they need two more assists, or they'll run around and foul because they're trying to get a rebound. I thought he just, he, he remained, he played within himself and played his game and he said it he said it after the game too he's like hey if I just play hard that was likely going to happen so it was really just a byproduct of his effort so I thought that was tremendous Coleman Hawkins doing it all here in his junior season 15 points 10 boards 10 assists and he is our MX electrifying player of the game now to Coleman Hawkins down low inside Rogers back to Cole Hawk for three got it Coleman Hawkins counted Lob, Hawkins, inside, Meyer, put it up and in, and the and one. And that's assist number 10. They get it inside to Benny Williams, shot up, and missed it, rebound. Coleman Hawkins, he's got a triple-double. And I think he knows. He knew it. <laughs> and now we're going to get some subs and listen to the roar for Coleman Hawkins and the Illini. Plenty of text to get to. Time to get your phone calls in if you want. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners, etc. Post game show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line 217 356 9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217 351 5357. Rogers left corner, out top, Shannon lets it fly, and he buried it. Terrence Shannon with a three. Hawkins, out top, Shannon, three more, got another one. Terrence Shannon with two threes.
Yeah, you almost forgot about Terrence Shannon. He, he led the team in scoring tonight with 17. 5 of 15 from 3, but grabbed 7 boards as well, 2 assists, and the Illini win it. 73-44. to 44. Back here on the Fasteners, etc. postgame show with Evan and Mike. Got to catch up on, on some of these texts, as I, I mentioned, some... Um, colorful words for Jim Beheim. Wonder what he thinks of the Big Ten now, says one texter. Benny says, congrats to Brad on his 100th victory. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Number six as far as coaches in Illinois history to get to 100 wins. And considering he, he had the worst season in Illinois basketball history to, to now get to 100 wins, I think his win percentage is going to get over 60% now. So he's really built this thing up over the last five or six years. Um, somebody out in Arizona is not enjoying his life. I, I hope you take care of yourself out there. Um, another text about Jim Beheim. text about ESPN. Yeah, too bad for them. They don't want the Big Ten ACC challenge. I mean, this is this is something talked about on Sports Talk this week. We, we look forward to it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Epps underrated. I, I mean, there's just so many guys that are on yeah. this team. I, I I don't know. Again, it, it's going to dictate on, on game situations. You know, Dane Danger only plays nine and out nine tonight. Sounds like he was a, a little under the weather. Harris he, he tweaks his ankle. He only plays four. But who's hot? Who's playing well? They're going to get in there. And Epps, another one of those guys, really good on the plus minus. Remember how many times last year we gave Kofi the player, the player of the game? <laughs> and now you could see it's spread it out. It's spread out, and, and there's a lot of guys that are contributing in different ways. And RJ in particular, really impressed with him because he's he was in a position tonight where you get those two fouls early and you just expect, you expect to be completely out of rhythm and it kind of jacks up your whole game. And uh, he stayed patient. He came back in. He was assertive. I thought he guarded really well tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking to it at six rebounds for him, which is great <laughs> after one in 45 minutes in Las Vegas. So all of that is is huge, right? Zero turnovers for for RJ Terrence. I think he had his 13th three point attempt was with like 18 minutes left in the second half, and I was seriously wondering whether or not he was going to get the 20 three point attempts because I mean all of them were in rhythm as well. So you know. I, he was assertive, and, and I thought – I'm not even sure he scored in the first 10 minutes of the game, Terrence. And then all of a sudden he hit a few threes, and that got him going. And uh, if anything, he conserved some energy uh, on the offensive end, and that should be able to ramp up here against Maryland and in Texas where he gets back to kind of his downhill self because that's – him living at the free throw line just makes this, this an even more efficient offense. Didn't score until 8.07 left in yeah. the first half. Yeah. And they, they came in bunches. He ended up scoring nine in about three minutes there, and he finishes with a, a team high 17. Um, another text about Bayheim. Love it. Uh, Coleman, wow. The assists, cool and calm under pressure. And, and yeah, that's. I think that was the difference in the second half. You saw them. They were being patient. They weren't trying to force it into the middle. You knew that's where they wanted to get it to, but they weren't going to force it in there. Then in the second half, looked like the defense opened up a little bit because Illinois was hitting shots, because they were moving the ball a little more, and then they were able to get it there to the middle and everything opened up. I thought there were times in the first half where what ends up happening in a zone is you want to get it to the middle, and each time you pass it to the next guy, the next guy looks 
to pass it into the middle and you do this like hold the ball over your head kind of move it look to throw it in and all that time you're taking to do that the defense is resetting mm. and they're resetting back into that two three they can load up and i thought in the second half the the biggest difference was not only were they screening the outside of the top of the zone but they were looking for different ways to to throw it in there and it was all off a of ball movement like hey we're going to get it from point a to point b to point mm -hmm. c to get it into the middle and they started to, to really uh, utilize that backside as well i thought meyer did a great job back there i thought ty rogers did a great job back there and coleman too i i, I thought he was so intuitive with where he wanted to go right he didn't catch turn look and just survey right he he moved the defense in a way where he knew he was going to be able to go to the corner, right? Like, hey, I'm going to catch this ball. I got Epps in the corner by the bench, and I'm going to look the guy off here that's that's the wing defender near Epps so that I can hit him there for a three, and that's what he did. And then hitting Ty on some of those cuts and Meyer on some of those cuts and Dane on those dump-offs. Like, man, I you, <laughs> throwing a 2-3 at this team, that's, <laughs> you better hope Coleman gets in foul trouble because there's – seriously, I mean, there's there's really not – anyone in the country that can probably do it as good as he is at his size with his vision it's it's pretty incredible yeah I thought this was a bad matchup for Syracuse all around right if Dane plays more minutes he, yeah. he's a perfect fit right there in the zone Rogers I, I thought in his limited time he, he would have fit well in, in that spot um yeah and it, they're gonna match up way better with Maryland on Friday than they have for the last yeah. four or five years it it's going to be a really good game on Friday. Okay, let's keep breaking down this one, though. We got folks on the fan lines. Brandon's down in Dallas. I don't know of a Dallas, Illinois, so we're going to say it's Dallas, Texas. Hey, Brandon. It is Dallas, Texas. How you guys doing tonight? We're doing well. Hey, it was an excellent game. The, the thing I appreciate about the team is they're so well balanced as far as uh, play, scoring, and defense that you can't just home in on one player and shut them down. Mm -hmm. um, I know, you know, Terrence is leading the team and scoring, and uh, Coleman's playing great, but Jaden Epps comes in, he gets hot. Uh, you got a few guys, you know, RJ Melendez, you can't shut him down either. So, you know, it, it, it's awesome watching this, the, the, flow, the flow of this team. It's just great. And also, man, I also, I'm a little petty, so I enjoy watching Kentucky struggle this year <laughs> in the last couple of years. <laughs> so, you know, it's been a little bit of icing on the cake, also, man. But, you know, good, good. You know, good team, and you know, hopefully, we go far and just enjoy watching them. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for your call, and, and I, I think this is, again, the, the difference between last year's and this year's team. It was, you, you knew Kofi was going to get his, but it it was so tele, telegraphed, right? You knew they were going to get it mm -hmm. to him in the paint, and, and he was going to so, go And up. it didn't matter. Like, you, you could still you, throw it in. We always said that Kofi being double-teamed is advantage Kofi. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, you know, Brandon, you made a good point there. There's no one that, you know, you can really try to exploit. Um, it's the reason why you can switch one through five the way that you can. And it's the reason why Brad Underwood trusts his team to do that is, hey, we're going to switch one through five and you're going to try to spend all this time. You know, Epps is fronting the post, but we got Coleman on the backside. And, it, and I always thought, too, when you switch littles on bigs, it actually messes up the other team's offense. Mm -hmm. Because they they go they abandon what they're actually running to try to throw it into the post, and if it's not a true post player, like Edwards is a really good player. I you know he got 16 rebounds, he had 21 rebounds the other night. He blocks shots, he does all this stuff, but he's not a guy you're just going to feed the post. So it, if they're feeding it into Jesse Edwards, that's advantage Illinois. And I think there's a lot of different games that you know that's going to be the case. Now against Maryland, that's a different story because I think 
you know, everybody talks about Dickinson. They talk about Edie. I mean, Julian Reese is one of the best bigs in. He really started breaking out. Yeah, last in the year. Big Ten, and and he's he's a guy that can be an all league guy, and he's a guy that's going to make you pay if you're not strong and fighting around. If you're these guards fronting, uh, the backside help has to be there to you know to not let him get off. So um, yeah, I, that's the strength of this team is just in the numbers, right? And they they're so well balanced. Uh, they they really do truly, and I say this being someone who's who's sitting watching this live, like they they do play for each other. And mm-hmm. and the last thing I'll mention too is with Sky in particular, he was zero for ten tonight, and once again, you cannot tell. You no. just can't tell. Like you can't tell that he's having a really good game or he's having a really bad game, and that steadiness and his ability to stay even keel, that's so important as a lead guard. I mean, I mean for uh, all intents and purposes like he's the point guard on mm-hmm. his team he was the one that was orchestrating a lot of what was going on up top and you you adopt the you know that you're I'll say this if your point guard is a roller coaster odds are your team will be a roller coaster and I think Sky's just done such a good job of staying steady and um, it's part of the reason why they're able to stay so balanced and because no, I, I truly think nobody cares about getting their own shine on i think everybody wants to see each other succeed mm-hmm. yeah yeah this is a a, a team that that's we're, we're here to win and looking at it here four different guys have been the leading scorer obviously shannon's done it four times but you throw in epps you throw in clark you throw in danger hawkins is going to get his one of these games melendez you know just puts up 10 points like it's nothing mm-hmm. every now and then so a lot of ways this team can beat you. We go back to the fan line. Simeon's out in Virginia. Hey, Simeon. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. Right, it's, it's good. I, I came to the party late. Uh, my brother called me right after the game, so I didn't. So I missed a lot of comments. I'm really enjoying uh, Mike's uh, Barry White tonight but i just man i don't know what it is man i don't know what it is we, we i just, think we got I, the we got the bass turned up in these mics before, so so before the game i'm down on the court and i'm seeing a lot of people i know and those speakers are just blaring so i, I think it's partly because i'm screaming for like an hour and a half trying to have conversations with people i got you i understand but you know i appreciate your concern your concern is amazing Simeon. i appreciate it yeah, I uh, I was just a, a few things. Um, what comes to my mind with this team, and I mentioned it when I called before, and it's margin of error. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was, as I looked at the game in its totality, we missed a ton of shots, especially from three. We missed a ton of free throws. And I was screaming at Coleman for not taking the 10-footer and the 8-footer that I thought he should have been kind of selfish in taking. Um, however, um, he did do a good job with distributing the ball. But with all of that going on, um, in the second half, we really guarded. We really rebound. And like I'm pretty sure other people have said, you know, Coleman got a triple-double, which we don't see that often um, out of a line eye. I think uh, Io has two of them. I don't know how many we have all together. But um, – for them to do all of that and then still beat the team by 30 points is just kind of remarkable. Um, so uh, our margin of error just seems to be a, a big difference than what I've seen with a lot of basketball teams, just not a lion high team, just a lot of basketball teams. 
I hope we'll tighten up some of that stuff. Um, I'll be in Maryland to see them uh, beat Maryland on uh, Friday. Hopefully. Yeah, there we go. Um, but um, I, I hope we'll tighten up that stuff as we go. But we just seem to have a huge uh, margin of error. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have already talked about that, but I just wanted to throw that out there. And thanks for taking my call. Hopefully I hear from Steve and some others. And uh, I want to listen to what you guys have to say. Yeah, thanks for the call as always, Simeon. Say hi to SVP if you, you see him in Maryland. And, and be well in enemy country, okay? I'm going to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Simeon. Well, yeah, Simeon, yeah, you mentioned margin for error. And I, I really look at it three in, in three different ways, right? When you talk about error, there's... And, you know, missed shots aren't errors, but in a way, a lot of them are. Turnovers are errors mm-hmm. and fouls are errors. You can miss shots, right? But if you don't foul and if you don't turn the ball over, you continue to give yourself opportunities. If you get offensive rebounds, if you get those back on the glass, like you continue to give yourself opportunities to win. And we've talked about it before. That team last year that won the Big Ten, a share of the Big Ten, they had way less margin for error than this team did. Mm-hmm. When that team got down, it was really hard to climb back into games. They just weren't really suited to pressure like that because you, you, you know, and, and I say this, like, I don't ever want to sound like a, oh, because you had the first team All-American, <laughs> you know, like the old, the old ball and chain. Like, it, it, you know, he, he did a lot. He did a lot for this team and and for the program and uh, but uh, like let's call a spade a spade like you can play a different way and you can be more versatile and not only that they proved tonight that hey cool you want to slow it down we'll, we'll play it we'll play at your 322nd pace in the country like we'll play at your pace and we'll win that way too like we'll 30 ball you that way too so i i and who knows like they they're going to go to maryland they're going to go play texas texas is probably going to be a track meet and you're you're proved like you got to prove there that you can win in different ways too. So, uh, you know, Simeon, you you hit on a a really really good point, and, and that is the margin for error because that's ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, you're you're going to miss shots, you're going to turn it over at times, you're going to foul sometimes, but are you stringing the three together? I thought tonight what it looked like was a team that was basically told all week, hey, we turned it over 20-plus times against Lindenwood. Because I looked up with, I mean, with seven minutes left in the game, I think they still had three turnovers. Mm-hmm. And look, I get it. Syracuse doesn't force a ton of turnovers, but neither does Lindenwood. It was this, Those were so self-inflicted that I worried about it tonight, too. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are they going to throw it into these passing lanes that aren't there? Are they going to turn it over? And they were just almost too cautious at times, I thought, in the first half mm-hmm. and settling in, in ways but, you know, no turnovers are no turnovers. Like, you're not giving them chances for runouts. And I thought that was such an important part of the game. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Simeon, because it is an important piece. Yeah, 18 points off of Syracuse's 17 turnovers. 11 of those come in in the second half. But the Illini, only seven turns. Something else we haven't really touched on, 21 assists on 24 shots. Obviously, that kind of comes with the zone. Yeah. But it shows you guys aren't, aren't trying to dribble it and force it in and, and moving the ball. So, yeah, they, they, they read a, a game plan, a scout, and they stuck to it. And they made second-half adjustments, and they got even better. And... They beat Syracuse at their own game, 73-44. We've got more texts to get to. 
More phone calls if you want to ring us in here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Yeah, he's yeah. he's uh, <laughs> he's a great facilitator. He sees the game, and I think he's uh, uh, you know he's one of the elite players in college basketball and seeing those things. And I mean, he made a play late shot clock that was just so instinct. He ran to the ball and and didn't panic, drove it, and found uh, you know found us for a layup. So uh, Coleman's good. Yeah. There's some love from the head coach, Brad Underwood, for Coleman Hawkins notching the fifth triple-double in Illinois history tonight as Illinois is a winner in their last Big Ten ACC challenge. And this series 11-13 and 13 overall, which isn't too bad. Really? Considering Illinois has been one of the better teams in the Big Ten for most of that time, so they face one of the better teams in the ACC most of the time. There was just a real, I, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I think they struggled there in that period of time after Dee and Augie left. And, and then well, they've I'm, trying, been, I'm, I'm trying to think when I was 2012 to 2016, I'm trying to think who we played. We played Georgia Tech back to back years, actually. Hmm. We played Georgia Tech in 2012. We beat him. That was the, I don't know if you remember Joseph Bertrand like jumped over a human being and laid the ball in. <laughs> no, I don't. Somebody, somebody that. can dig up that clip. It was on a fast break. But uh, and then we went and played Georgia Tech the following year at Georgia Tech, up twelve, four minutes left. Did not win that. Did game. not win that game. So should be should be twelve and twelve. Honestly, that sounds uh, like a lot of this history. I think Chester was talking about his big game against Clemson was a, a game that they had. And my junior, I'm trying to think my junior year. That would have been 2014, 2015. Who did we play? I should know this. I know. There was there was an NC State in there. I think that might have been like 2016. After, They've played yeah. Notre Dame Notre like Dame three was my, times. Yeah, Notre Dame was my senior year. Yeah, I, that was the renovated State Farm yep. when they reopened that. I was yep. at that game. I remember that. Good times. Um, speaking of which, shout out to the hospitality staff at the State Farm Center. Got to go to my first game in five years last Friday. Great, great people. They even let some folks strong arm my way down onto the court and let my buddy your meet first Brad game Underwood. in five years yeah explain because I, I run things back here so yeah, well, so yeah, that, uh, yeah i guess lindenwood on. yeah we were and we so were yeah, yeah yeah we we had scott gone we had 10 games in 10 days or yep. something like that so I, I went so shout out to the staff i i, I know i i seemed a, a little scary saying hey i know ed bond he says we can come down on the floor but they eventually let us down there so it was it was all good. Back to the text line we go. Devin says, impressed by the defense. Uh, noticed in the first half, someone missed a blockout. Um, and then the next time down, everyone blocked out, showed adaptability. Talent is great. Committed to playing the game correctly. This team has ability to go far. Hope they continue to grow each game. Yeah, I, I think we are seeing the growth each game. And it's not linear and, and whatnot. You know, sometimes it's going to be from losses and, and things like that. But you saw it against Lindenwood, right? You, you had the 20 turnovers, but you got Sky going off. And you mm -hmm. had RJ feeling good about himself. And and Hawkins, I did, was was that Friday's game that he had like seven assists or, or something like that? I don't know. But he had zero points. Right, but on fr in Friday against Lindenwood, only shot like two times yeah, in that two. whole game. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I'm, I'm watching the game tonight, and it's funny because if Illinois played a perfect game and won this game by 29, I'd actually be kind of a, 
it'd be kind of alarming. <laughs> there, was, there were a lot of teaching moments during this game. There was one particular in the second half, and I sat there and just kind of chuckled to myself because I remember when I was a senior and we had our, our freshmen, I, it was Jalen Coleman-Lands, it was uh, Aaron Jordan and DJ Williams. And it was funny because like constantly in practice, they would help from the ball side corner off shooters, <laughs> and these shooters would make threes. And I watched it tonight with Jaden Epps, and and Underwood went off on him, <laughs> off on him. And um, I sat there, I was just like, yeah, yeah, death taxes and freshmen helping from the ball side corner <laughs> off a of shooter. So like little things that you can continue to correct. I thought you, you mentioned it, like a couple missed blockouts, and um, you know, guys kind of got the ball taken from them a couple times. Like Matthew Meyer had a rebound in the second mm-hmm. half where he just chins it. He shouldn't get it taken from him. Somebody takes it from him. Um, like he didn't play the perfect game. I I thought they played okay. Like I thought they played well tonight. Mm-hmm. They certainly didn't play anywhere near where they're capable of playing. And you look down at the score sheet and you're like, hey, they won by 29 <laughs> against you know this. It's not like this was Monmouth or you know like this was a ACC team. I know they're not. It's not your yeah, father. It's not your players. father's. It's not your father's Jim Beheim <laughs> Syracuse team. But it's you know it's. Still a high major opponent. Uh, Gary texting in. Thank you, Mike. We didn't get a text from Gary after the UCLA game. Come on, so Gary. I don't know if he, he only tunes in when you're here. So thanks for listening, <laughs> Gary. We appreciate it. Uh, texts are wondering about the two technicals. I, I think he yeah. wanted a foul, and then he didn't stop going when he didn't get the foul. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, like it, it might have been a foul on the, <laughs> on the second. Because Lee blocked the first one. And the second one, there was no contact with the ball. Like, that was just kind of body. And obviously, you know, Benny Williams is frustrated. He says something to the ref. The ref tees him up. And anytime you get teed up and you're walking away from the ref, if you turn around and literally say anything, you're probably getting a second one. So, I don't know. RJ Melendez had a chance to, to really up his free throw percentage mm-hmm. there, knocking down all four. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. I had I came in. I missed two free throws in my Illinois career. I, was, I think I was 20 for 22. And the two free throws that I missed, it was the first half against Valpo my sophomore year, and it was a technical free throw, and I missed both of them. Like, it's weird when you're when you're the only one there. Like, it's like practice, tech, but yeah. it's for real. Yeah, it's 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 kind of <laughs> odd. You're used to people on the lane line, so that's good, good on him, man. He made all four. And, and I thought the same thing about Sky, right? He doesn't hit a shot from the field all night. He goes up there and he misses his first two in the first half, and then he goes up there in the second half and he, and he knocks down a, a, a pair of free throws. So sometimes you, you just got to see it happen. It, just keep shooting. Just keep shooting. Shoot or shoot. Uh, one more text here before we pick out a play of the game. Larry says, good win. Ceiling is high. Um, concern is uh, about the three-point shooting and the ball movement, and Bayheim can go home. <laughs> think about Sherman Douglas. Um, yeah, I, I think today was a, a product uh, of the defense that, that they were facing. I can't imagine that they're going to put up 39 threes and most other nights. And and the fact that they were missing so many, we, we said it off the air. Imagine if those shots go in. Illinois is looking at a 60-point win because they were good looks. Sometimes shots fall, sometimes they, they don't. And I have the Did the I hear the record right was here. 40? It was, and they were one shy. They, they took 39 they could have They could have destroyed that tonight. Like I think they had 20 four three-point attempts with like two minutes left in the first half yeah 24 in the first 15 in the second yeah 
I, they could have easily eclipsed that. So that's, I mean, probably good that they the, stayed under it. And they're shooting 37.7% for the season. No, I that's like not bad. That's, see, you know, you can say it's settling. You could say, but look, open shots are open shots. Now, I always like to say, too, that sometimes when you have an open three, you also have an open driving lane. <laughs> but, you know, I, you got good shooters on this team. And like you said, you know, if you're going to go 11 for 39 from three tonight, you'd rather it be tonight than. <laughs> against you know a big 10 opponent or against maryland so maryland's not gonna let them get 39 threes off i'd imagine so no and and probably gonna be a few more than seven turnovers on friday yeah and more terrence shannon free throws he'll be getting downhill more Mm -hmm. he won't take 15 threes uh i mean that's probably gonna be i think that's a high for the season from three for them and that's probably a, a high for the season from three for for shannon as well oh yeah so our Tapman's Towing play of the game is brought to you by Tapman's Towing. Car won't start after the game. Call 217-328-2424 for the most trusted roadside service in downstate Illinois. Tapman's Towing or online at tapmanstowing.com. It, it, the, the place was rocking when Coleman Hawkins grabbed his 10th board, and we already played you that highlight. That, that was pretty big, but I, I thought they were asking when the game got blown open. It might have been that give-and-go three that Hawkins had that, that I also played earlier where that, that stretched the lead to double digits, and they never really looked back from there. But I, I thought when Melendez yep. hit a three in stride, they go down, they get the steal, bring it all the way back. Melendez hits and the one. and one. That's when the, the place really got going, and Illinois really thought they had it in the bag. So we'll call that our Tapman's towing play of the game. Hawkins cut off in the corner. Melendez, three ball, buried it. R.J. Melendez. Fast break. Syracuse able to break the press. Gets him a little discombobulated, though. Justin Taylor to Mintz. Lob down low. With it is Edwards. In the paint. Stripped. Oh, Clark just took it away. Fast break. Melendez. Layup. Got it. And one. Man, he was feeling so good. He thought he was going to dunk it over a guy from like 10 feet out a a couple plays later, and he was just a, a little short. But R.J., What's new? Tough first half, gets into foul trouble, comes back re-energized in the second half, finishes with 15 and 6. And that little sequence gets our Tetman's towing play of the game. Just a little bit of time left. We've got our keys to go. If you want to get in your texts and your calls, you can do so. Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show. It's the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line 217 217- Three five six nine three nine seven, or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 Saved by Shannon 7 to shoot out near midcourt I think he's going to shoot it here's a drive Shannon oh pass Hawkins layup got it oh I thought he was going to shoot it and at the last second, he found a layup inside. That one might have been my favorite play of the game. Illinois working the clock late. Mm-hmm. Shannon, like Brian said, looked like he, he was just going to chuck it. He was open. You, you wouldn't have faulted him, but he got to the lane. He finds a cutting Coleman Hawkins, and he finishes it. Once again, triple-double for Coleman Hawkins. Can't say it enough. 17 for Terrence Shannon. Illinois is 6-1 and one on the early season as we get ready for Big Ten play on Friday. We've got our keys to the game coming 
up. Maybe check some texts as well. But Joey Wright is here in studio. He's uh, been busy as we all are this time of year. So, oh my God, that is very loud. You don't have your heads on, so 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 you don't know how loud that music just was in my ears, but. It's cooled off now. What are the scores going on as the Big Ten ACC Challenge comes to a close? I'm sorry for you. And the reason I don't have my headphones on is because I was busy tracking down these scores <laughs> to all corners of the internet to find them. Uh, was trying to tally up who is in the lead in the challenge so far. We'll, we'll break that down in just a second. But we'll go back to yesterday when this uh, fine event began. Virginia Tech, a 10-point winner at home against Minnesota, 67 57 and yesterday Pitt also beating Northwestern pretty handily 87 to 58. So that takes us to today. Wisconsin and Wake Forest. That game's in progress and it's coming down to the wire, in fact. 27 seconds left. Wake Forest is up one, 74 to 73 at the Kohl Center. So we'll keep an eye on that one. And another close game, Virginia and Michigan. How about this? Michigan giving number three Virginia a run for its money. They're tied at 58. 7.46 left in the second half there. Now some games have gone final, four of them, five of them actually tonight. Of course, Illinois went over Syracuse, and then you've got Maryland up on uh, Louisville tonight, 79-54 in Louisville. Now Louisville's not very good, so that's a, a Maryland team that should have won and did. NC State takes, that's actually not part of the challenge, NC State out of the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge beats William and Mary. That oh. sneaks in there. So how about that? 85-64. I wonder why that is. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I do. William wonder. and Mary's in the big, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. The conference free are alignment. It's, it's we're losing tough. track of all these teams jumping. It was in. it was USC, UCLA, and William, William and Mary. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. The uh, no one talked about that one. They'll, they'll be a good fit. Underrated. Um, underrated Big Ten pickup. <laughs> Basketball power, uh, William and Mary. But no match for NC State tonight again. 85-64, that one slips in there. Clemson slips past Penn State in double overtime, 101-94. to That was a good game. And then Iowa takes down Georgia Tech, 81-65 to at Carver. And tomorrow, a couple of games in the challenge as well. Purdue is at Florida State. Ohio State is at Duke. Rutgers is at Miami. It's a Big East rematch there. North Carolina and Indiana, Michigan State and Notre Dame, and Boston College and Nebraska. That'll be a barn burner. Second all-time meeting between those two teams. I looked it up earlier. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Let's see then. It's two for the ACC. I'll, I'll, I won't. It's pretty close. I won't. I won't talk as through it, all as these. As it often is. Let's see. I think it's weird they have. You know, in the Big Ten tournament, the first day is usually the lower seeds. I love how they just throw Minnesota and Northwestern. Like, yeah. Just put them on, yeah, put them on like that. I believe it's tied 3-3. Okay. I've, uh, I've, I've gone through unofficially, if my math is correct. But uh, watch out. Swing states, Michigan and uh, Wisconsin, going to come down to decide this, uh, too. So we'll see. As they often do, as they often do. Okay. That was really good. Thank you, Joey, Thanks, for Evan. that update. Gotta love the Big Ten ACC Challenge for one final time. Let's pick out our keys to the game. Brought to you by Game Day Spirit, the best selection of University of Illinois apparel, and brought to you by Hickory Point Bank with roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community. Hickory Point Bank invested. What were your keys, Mike? Yeah, I think schematically the the game plan overall was 
was a huge key. If you if you watched that game, you saw a lot of Ty Rogers, Matthew Meyer, Dane Danger planted in the short corner. A lot of times against that that zone, you're going to have a guy roaming the middle, and you're going to have uh, really a point guard up top, two wings, and then and then someone in the corner in one of the corners. And they actually brought them into the short corner. I thought it was huge because that wing defender in the zone can play both can play both the guy on the wing and the guy in the corner if you just keep that guy in the corner you put him in the short corner now you stretch them a little bit now you get behind him a little bit they have to honor that and you put the big who's air traffic control in the middle in a tough spot too because once that ball gets entered to the middle he can't fully commit to coleman hawkins because he's got guys on the back side so i thought they had a really good scheme and game plan for it um is tremendous and it got them a lot of really good looks and i thought it was uh, you know it it enabled coleman to to operate efficiently mm-hmm. yeah and in line with that i i thought illinois patience just all night you think back there wasn't a, a score in this game for like the first three minutes and there were long mm-hmm. droughts on both sides and illinois included three four minute droughts of not scoring but they didn't speed up it it wasn't just like a a one pass and a shot getting the ball in transition chucking it up they were staying patient sticking to to the game plan and and, uh, they just wore them out and and defensively I mean they just bring it every night the the freshmen have been fantastic we we know the older guys what what they do and and I think it's fit perfectly they've played teams that they match up really well against. I'll be interested once we get into Big Ten play, mm-hmm. like on Friday, ha- how they'll be able to to keep it up on, on the defensive end. But I thought they were great there and, and patient on offense. And those were my keys to the Illinois win. And those were brought to you by Game Day Spirit and Hickory Point Bank. Coming up near the end here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show, we'll take another look at the text line. If you want to call in, you can do that as well. I love our character, mm-hmm. I, you know, character over characters, and I say it all the time, and I love our character, and I love the guys that, that um, uh, you know, their camaraderie, their togetherness, and, you know, we have a saying, toughness together, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we, we're, we're growing in the toughness area. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like us to still be a, a lot tougher. Yeah. I'd still like us to be a, a little more communicative in terms of, you know, it's where we miss Luke Goody. Yeah. You know, Luke mm-hmm. is such a great communicator and 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 voice. But uh, we're getting better. We still have a really high ceiling, I think, yes. that we're not even close to. I, I just like this team. I like they're together. Mm-hmm. For all the moving parts to this roster over the offseason, they do seem to have a bit of chemistry here in the early going as Illinois has 21 assists on 24 baskets tonight as they beat Syracuse in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, Fasteners, etc. Postgame show. You can call us in with your thoughts, 217-356-9397 or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Somebody pointing out that Andre Corbello is still balling out for St. John, and he did it against Syracuse the other night. I'm not surprised. I told y'all he was still going to be good, and that's what he is. Um, How nice would a win against Virginia be? Would these games and upcoming opportunities keep improving? Um, How is Houston number one schedule? Houston's legit. Houston's really good. Houston's the best team in the country until told otherwise, and that's going to take some convincing. They did just beat Kent State by five. 
but <laughs> you know, you got it wins a win. Yeah, and right? you know sometimes you just don't have it that night. But forty nine forty four, I think the final of that game was too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, rock fight. <laughs> Stay just dragging that one out. Um, as far as the first question. I think they're asking if they would have beat Virginia. That that would have been nice. I don't think it really hurts them at this point, other than they probably would have catapulted up to number five in the rankings had they beat Virginia, kind of like Virginia did. But instead, they lost and they beat Lindenwood, and they're still at 16. I don't think there's much love lost over the, that Virginia game. So. And a texter asking about Simeon. Simeon's a, a, a real person, I, I, I promise you. Um, we, we didn't get to meet when he came to town last winter, but um, I, I, I know from conversations that I've had with Simeon that he is indeed a real person. I, I'm sorry, 309 texter, to uh, crush your dreams on that one. So uh, as I do one more refresh here on the text line, we'll, we'll probably squeeze in this last break and wrap it looks like wake forest ended up pulling off the win against wisconsin so you never know what can happen in college basketball everybody high on wisconsin wisconsin i, I still think is going to be plucky in the big 10 as they always are but uh yeah we'll, we'll gather our final thoughts here take a, a last break and call it a wrap on the fasteners etc postgame show Tonight was a night that, that um, you know, we guarded. Um, you know, I think we held them to 27%. 28, 28 yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just not very pretty. And to be very honest, we've been sicker than heck. We've had a lot of guys out. And it seems like every time the ACC Challenge comes around, we got a bunch of guys sick. And, yeah. and I was... I was really proud we found a way. We, mm-hmm. I thought we ran good offense. Two turnovers the first half. Uh, we, the ball just didn't go in. And sometimes yeah. that happens. And and it's hard for me to argue the looks. And we all know Sky's been incredible. And, you know, he has a really tough night. And every, every one of them, I'd tell him to shoot it over. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we, were, we were solid on the defensive end. And, and that, that helped us. I think Brian Barnhart described it as a turtle race at one point. It's kind of what this game felt like. But Illinois stretches things out in the second half. They more than double up the orange 43-21 there. They win 73-44. Final call here on the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show with Mike and Evan. Thank you for Joey Wright helping out behind the scenes as well. I think we, we, we covered it pretty well, other than I don't know how Illinois cleans up the offensive rebounds and doesn't convert on so many second-chance opportunities. 17 boards, only four second-chance points, but I think that'll come with toughness and just being, I don't know, I just there, there were some soft finishes around the rim, and I think if guys use a little more authority and just go right back up with it, they might have had some of them. Yeah, and, and two, a you shoot that many threes, get that many offensive rebounds. The odds are there are a lot of long no rebounds. Means. So it's it's you know you're not right at the rim, and you can typically just kind of reset, and that's what they did. And, and honestly, it's sometimes unless you have a point blank layup, it, you making them guard for another 25 ish mm-hmm. seconds isn't isn't a bad thing either. I mean, that's like the old Billy Donovan rule with those Florida teams. <laughs> he said, hey, if you get an offensive rebound, you're not point blank. Turn around because there's wide open guys on the three point arc. It's one of the best times to 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 get a three-point shot because I mean think about how 
you practice three-point shots if you're on the gun, right? These guys have the, the gun that shoots the ball back to them. Where's that thing planted? Right, right there under. under the basket. So that, you know, it's, it's, it's almost unnatural getting the pass from the side, is, as weird as that is to say. Uh, you practice getting that pass from the basket. If someone mm-hmm. rebounds for you, you're getting passed from the basket. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not too worried about that. I, I think in, in a normal game, you get that, that many offensive rebounds. You know, if it's, especially if it's off attacking, you know, you're going to have guys that are crashing and getting those, the ball around the rim and, and being able to finish that. So not, not too concerned there. Nope. And uh, there was one more stat that I, I thought I saw that was imp- – oh, well, it got some contribution off the bench, but it, it was really the, the starters tonight. And they, surprisingly, most of the year they've been kind of balanced. It's like 50-50 scoring from, from the starters and the bench guys. And not to say the bench guys didn't do their, their thing, but I thought the short starters showed out tonight. So Yeah, I mean, Jaden played 26 minutes. Ty played 15. Other than that, Sincere yeah. played four – Dane played nine. Like there wasn't many oppor- there wasn't much opportunity there. I mean, your your starters played 32, 22, 22, 35, 30, which, you know, I think in some of these games that's that's gonna happen. But look, man, like it gets real now. It's it's gonna get real. I know there's some other non conference games that, you know, should be wins, but you, you this this stretch is a, a pretty pivotal stretch to continue to learn about, you know, what you got as a team and Try to try to continue to build this this resume here early on. One down against Syracuse, as you said, the the gauntlet continues Friday at Maryland, Tuesday up at MSG against Texas, and then one more Big Ten game next weekend against Penn State. So it's picking up. Illinois is looking pretty good, and they've got uh, their sixth win of the year here tonight over Syracuse. Thank you, Mike, for hanging out. To, you might get home before the sun's up. How about that? Yeah, yeah. The 6:30 p.m. tip much preferred over the 8 p.m. tip because I gotta drive back to Indy, so we'll we'll head back there now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Joey. Yes, Appreciate everybody who called, texted, or just listened. We'll be back on Friday, or if you want to hear us on Sports Talk, we'll be here at 4 o'clock tomorrow as well. That's a lie. Women's basketball tomorrow at 4. So we'll talk to you on Thursday. News Talk 1493.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Good night. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1493.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.